to the MLM You Decide podcast, a show created to equip you with the resources to make up your own mind about the topic of MLM network marketing. We are your hosts. I'm Laura Evans. And I'm Janine Finney, and we are passionate about bringing clarity to this subject. We get it. MLM is a polarizing issue. On one hand are the insider people who believe in the business model, the possibilities it presents, and are frustrated because others just don't see it. On the other side are the outsiders, skeptical of the promises, annoyed and offended that it keeps coming up. And in the middle are the people who really have no idea. Wherever you are, if you're trying to decide if MLM network marketing is for real, and even more importantly, if it could possibly be a fit for you, you've come to the right place. Thanks for joining us. So today we're going to talk about how so many times we hear, I don't want to be one of those people, one of those people. And hey, we get it. We are so genuinely sorry. Somebody hurt you. Somebody misrepresented something. Someone treated you like a number and not honoring you as a person. Someone was just full of excitement and likely just didn't have the right skill set to know how to, how to share something that they thought you would be interested in and perhaps you weren't. And so now you're thinking, well, that's definitely not what I want to do to other people and I don't want to be one of those people. But there are some things we're going to encourage you to think about in this episode. Well, and that was one of my objections. I was definitely one of those people that said, I don't want to be one of those people because of my experience with the bait and switch situation. And I think one of the challenges with this business is that the barrier to entry is so low. There is just this giant welcome mat. Anybody with a pulse and a social security number can join the business. It's easy to get in. It's easy to get out. and it, that's a challenge because it attracts all kinds of people. And normally with this kind of an opportunity, with the opportunity to have this kind of return on investment with such a low um, cost to get involved and such a, a huge opportunity to really earn a pretty significant income, most of those types of professions require a degree or they require um, a lot of experience and a lot of training and, and people go through uh, a lot to be, become prepared for these types of professions. And with network marketing, that's not the case. People are in and all of a sudden they all kind of have the, it's this, like this e equal playing play field and it's hard from the outside to tell, you know, who's who. And, um, you know, which person is the shyster versus which person is the professional. So, um, you know, it's, we really have to be careful not to um, judge who is going to be a good fit for this business, um, too. I think a lot of times we kind of uh, go for the low-hanging fruit, if you will, and we have all these people that are on our chicken list, the people that are really already very successful that we're afraid to talk to. Or maybe we think, why would they ever want to do this business? And I love, Laura, that you're a perfect example. You were uh, um, the president of a billion dollar uh, corporation and you got into this business. So how did, I think that's even interesting how that came about because I'm sure you were on somebody's chicken list. 
Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I've worked in the industry. So I had seen so many people um, be able to achieve things uh, with this business at all levels. You know, success is defined by the individual, not by a dollar amount, not by a lifestyle. Uh, and we cannot determine from looking at someone where they're lacking in success in their how they feel. And that was me. I was successful. I had money. I had beautiful homes. I had, you know, healthy children. I traveled anywhere that I wanted. I had a flourishing career at the peak of my career, but people that didn't know under the surface would not have known that emotionally I felt bankrupt. I had traded my family for my career. And I thought that that's what I was supposed to do. You know, go to school, get a good job, get a good job, pay for things, get a good job, keep working, keep working. And I realized that I had bought into really a lie about having it all and doing it all. And those two things aren't possible. Um, you, you know, you, you might be able to have it all, but you alone cannot do it all. Um, and you have to make choices for balance. And this business appealed to me because I recognized and I knew that, that there, I recognized that creating an additional stream of income is always a good idea. You know, if you look at the average millionaire in this country, and we are such a blessed country, we do have many, they have an average of seven streams of income. They do not put all of their eggs in one basket. You know, this is not the 1950s where you went to work for a company and you stayed at that one company for the rest of your life. So I was aware enough to say, you know what? I believe that, uh, that this, I could do this. And it all comes down to being passionate about and being a raving fan and finding the right company and the right products and the right cause that you want to get behind. Um, but for sure, I was the person that was least likely that people would have said, well, what does she need with an extra stream of income or a business like this? And I was the most searching. I had even looked at franchises. I was searching, trying to figure out what was I going to do and how was I going to, how was I going to transition from my, my corporate job into, you know, working from home and being an entrepreneur. Well, and you exemplify uh, what happens when somebody that is a professional and does have the skills to be professional and to earn a significant income. When those meet, when those kind of people meet with this business, amazing things can happen because we bring into this who we are. And when we treat this business like a real business, um, you know, that's exactly how I looked at it. I, I just felt like I had just gotten a new job and I brought the skills that I had done in previous jobs and I treated this business exactly the same way. And most people don't do that. Most people kind of um, do it on a part-time basis. Um, they don't really even recognize fully what they have in their hands when they get started. So I think you and I both had the opportunity to respect this business before we got into it you had seen it firsthand from the inside you know look a very different perspective than most people have and i think when professionals get into this business they can be very very successful with it um it's a it's a great corporate corporate exit strategy um because it can be done while you're still working a lot of people have make you know a significant income 
but they don't know how they're going to get off of that hamster wheel, if you will. Um, because when they stop working, they're going to stop earning that significant income. So this business is really unique in that it allows us the opportunity to work it alongside of what we're already doing and wait until we've built that income up to match what we were already making in the corporate world and then decide, you know, what we want to do. Um, it, it's just a great plan B option as well. That's exactly right. And it is a fantastic feeling when you can fire your boss and when you can say, hey, what I've been doing on the side is at a level now where I'm able to, to leave. And that may not be, again, success is so varied in how it's defined. That may not be your goal. You know, your goal may be to create an additional stream of income to pay off some debt or to send your kid to the school that you want to send your child to. Um, and that's all okay, you know. But it is true, what you get out of it is relative to what you put into it. And there is a statistic that in today's day and age, especially with the gig economy and with technology the way that it is and the flexibility that people have to work additional side hustles, that actually 45% of Americans, 45%, that's almost half, one out of every two Americans have a side gig that they are earning some type of income from. Now, on average, they're working 12 hours a week. And that's not always what we see in this business either. Um, most people, to your point, they decide they're going to do this business, but they don't really put much into it. If they put one hour a week into it, it would be amazing. Um, and and you know, you'll get out of it what you put into it. If you treat the business like a business, it'll pay you like a business. If you treat it like a hobby, it'll cost you like a hobby does. Um, so that statistic says that when Americans, 45% who have a side hustle are spending 12 hours a week working it on average 73% of them 73% are making $500 a week so again that is not specific a statistic related to network marketing but it does include network marketing as well as all the other kind of things that you can do in this gig economy and it's all about time management, you know, use the skills that you have to use to manage your household, to manage um, your calendar with your family and block the time that is dedicated to what you're doing in this business. And when you block that time, do the work in the system that whoever you're associated with is teaching you, then you're going to get the results. Um, but it has to be consistent and you, you, don't, you don't find the time, you make the time for, for a business to take place and to happen. Um, but you'd be surprised if you cut out some TV or you cut out maybe some of the other things, not the things that are good for you like exercise, but you cut out some of the things that are time wasters for you that you can find that time. You can find an extra few hours a week to be working on whatever that additional stream of income is for you. Well, and this business is so um, different than what a lot of people in the corporate world are accustomed to. So you had mentioned before um, about a franchise. I think a lot of, of people who are business-minded and have worked their whole lives, maybe if they look at owning their own business, they think about buying a franchise. And, you know, buying a franchise can mean mortgaging your home to pay for it. I mean, it, it's a significant investment. And if you bought a franchise, 
you would, and you had made that significant investment, you would invest the time and energy in, in, in trying to make it be successful. I think the challenge with network marketing is that basically it is a virtual franchise. It's a business in a box, just like a franchise is, but it has a much lower price tag. And because it has the lower price tag, a lot of people don't treat it as seriously as they would if they had mortgaged their house to get into it. So I think you know the challenge is um, for people that get into this business, um, what I love really about what we're doing is trying to raise the awareness of what network marketing is so that it, it can be respected more and treated more appropriately when people get into it rather than just kind of happening to fall into it, which is what normally happens. People, you know, get brought in by their friend and they come in the back door, they kind of are doing this thing, they don't really understand what it is. And so that's why a lot of people fail and a, a lot of people get in and get out. And so I think the more that we can raise the awareness of what this really is so that more professionals see this as a, similar to a franchise opportunity, um, but with a much lower price tag, then they'll treat it differently. And when that happens, it, it just changes the results completely. Yes, yes. In fact, the average cost to start one of these businesses is $82. Um, so you really, we do have an equal opportunity here. You know, I love it. I'm a college dropout and I was able to be the president of a billion dollar company a couple of times over. That is not normal, not usual. And it speaks to the sacrifices I made more than it speaks to anything else. Um, but in today's day and age, you know, if you have not invested in higher education, things are, your, your choices are very limited. Um, but at the same, the same time, if you have made that investment, you're probably paying off student loans or student debt, um, or maybe you're just not happy with where you are. Or even if you are in love with your job and you would show up and do your work, even if they didn't pay you, it's just not a wise decision for your family to not consider an additional stream of income. I mean, let's talk about savings accounts. You know, we don't have a problem in general, what people don't with putting money into a savings account to earn some interest on it. That's considered acceptable. And it's just a tiny, tiny bit of interest. I mean, to be an investor and to earn, you know, $500 or $1,000 a month as extra income off of what you have invested, you'd have to almost be working with a million dollars to be able to turn that around either in properties or in savings accounts or stocks and bonds. And who, most people don't have that kind of money. So this is an equal opportunity because it gives anyone, regardless of their background, their, their education, their social status, their race, uh, any, you know, any one, who has a raving fan about a product, that opportunity. The thing that I think most people don't get is the rhythm of the earnings. And what I mean by that is we are so conditioned that we show up and we work and we get paid. And then we show up and we work and we get paid. And then we show up and we work and we get paid. And because this is something that you are starting as your own and is based on your, your referrals and based on new skills that you're learning. I mean, remember, you went to 
you know, school, elementary school and high school for like 12 years, and you came out with your reading and writing skills to, to be in the world, but you come into this and within a week or two, you're thinking, oh, I'm going to give up because I don't, I'm not good at this. I don't know how to do this. And that is just not fair to put uh, on this business. Um, but the rhythm of this is a little bit different. The rhythm can be, you might work, 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 work and get paid. And then you work, work and get paid. And then you work and get paid. And then you might get paid, paid, and then you work. Um, so the rhythm for this is different because it is sort of an investment, you know, option um, of, of being able to leverage a system and, and leverage your efforts. Um, so it's just a different way of thinking about it than most people are familiar with. Exactly. It, it's more entrepreneurial. And I think a lot of people, again, who are coming from the corporate world are not accustomed to working for themselves. They're accustomed to that trading time for money concept and, and way we've been taught. But I think, you know, we're in the middle of the pandemic still now. And I think that that has taught a lot of people the importance of not having all their eggs in one basket, having multiple streams of income. And this is an opportunity to do that. Um, that is very, very unique in that it can be a turnkey business for a very low startup cost. Um, and I think, you know, just kind of uh, my closing thoughts really would be about the fact that we, this gives us the opportunity to control our own destiny. I think so many people have discovered that um, jobs can go away. I mean, in an instant, our lives can change if we just continue to plan and everything being the same way it's been. And I think it, it serves us all well to um, start looking for other options to earn additional income streams. And just like what the whole purpose of this podcast is about, we encourage you to go do your research. You know, go do your research. One good place to start is there's a book by uh, Robert Kiyosaki and and uh, Sharon Lecter that really talks about the cash flow quadrant and how it educates you, it educated me about how, you know, you can be an employee and, or you could be a business owner. And a lot of times as a business owner, the business owns you because if you're not there showing up and hiring people and training people all the time, then it doesn't run, you know, with, without you. So it's hard to take a vacation from that. Or you can be self-employed, like a dentist or a chiropractor or some profession like that, which again, very similar. If you're not there, you're not making money. Or you can be an investor who has money to invest. Um, and, and what we're talking about is you can find a system to leverage your efforts, to leverage your time and efforts. So do some research. Do some research ab about the cash flow quadrant. Do some research about the industry. Do some research about uh, what products or services that you feel connected with that you, you're looking for to help you and your family that might be able to help someone else. And, and share this podcast. Share it with folks that might be on that same journey and might have found themselves caught in this situation with what we've got going on right now here with the pandemic of, um, you know, not sure where their income is going to come from or, you know, just not having a backup plan uh, that this can provide. And because it's low cost, that's also the good news. You know, it's not going to be a heavy risk or investment for you. It will just take a little bit of your time. Yeah, I agree. And the, the rich, I don't know if you said rich dad, poor dad series mm -hmm. of books. I think they all talk about the cash flow quadrant and 
I am so grateful that my daughter, you know, discovered those right out of college. It makes me feel like I am surprised that we're not teaching those concepts in school. We all need to understand, you know, we're, we're being taught to, to go into this one category of being an employee or being self-employed. And both of those require us to show up to earn an income. So I'm so glad that you mentioned those, Laura, because I think they're a great resource for anybody that's listening to our podcast. So thanks for joining us today. And uh, we agree, we don't want you to be one of those people either. And the good news is you don't have to be. Thank you. so much for taking the time to be with us. We hope you've gained some clarity from today's show. If you did, please share it with your friends, family, and colleagues. Because when you share it and drop a review, it helps other people find us and helps us get this message out. Please join us each week to hear from people who are in the trenches and have their own personal experience with this business. And if you'd like to learn more about this topic, subscribe to our show and visit our website. We'd also like to recommend two books co-authored by Janine Finney and her daughter, Lori Murhead, The Flip-Flop CEO and Does the Shoe Fit? The Guide to Help You Decide. We invite you to join our Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn communities as well. Be sure to tune in to our next episode because making a decision with only half the information could be the most expensive mistake you can make.